what's going on everyone thank you for coming and seeing another dapskin chat so today i've got Seda berahino so um yeah also guys keep liking subscribing and sharing my with my actual podcast which is i'm gonna put it here now and pin that before we get him in here so pin that okay cool yeah so guys keep liking subscribing sharing and follow my actual podcast, Counter-Attack. Um, so I'm going to get Seda in here. We're just going to have an honest conversation about football and life. So um, he's here already. So let me just get him in. Sean, what's going on? Shout out my little bro. Sean. Um, why are other people requesting? It makes no sense. Oh yeah, let's get him in. Just waiting for him to come on. Yes, Tato. Yes, bro, you're good. I'm good, I'm good. What's going on, man? Nothing much, man, nothing much. Good, good, good. It's been yeah, a long man. time coming, man. For real, for real. Fem's been on my case about it as well. I know, good. good. <laughs> to be honest, when I told Fem to sort it out ages ago, yeah. um, he did say when the time was right, and he was right, to be yeah, honest. Yeah, true. Yeah, He was right. And, and true, so I know you don't really do do much media or whatever. Yeah, but, um, but don't look at this like media because it's not. Yeah, man. Yeah, that's that's what Fem said actually. So, uh, like you you said it already. I'm not really a guy to use my Instagram like that. But um, mm. this this is one of the chats that we felt like we should do anyway. So yeah. So, so what's so what's been going on? Are you are you back here for now, or are you um are you still over in Belgium? No, I mean I'm actually back at back at home. Um, should be going back to Belgium next week. Maybe. Yeah. Do you know, uh, so yeah. Do you know what's what's happening yet with the season? Have they cancelled it over there yet? Yeah, they've actually cancelled it. So I'm just trying to fix this. Keep sliding. Um, yeah, they've they've um, they've cancelled it. I think they're gonna give the 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 trophy to Bruges because they mm. were first club Bruges. Yeah. So, um, but I think the manager felt he needed to bring us in because we've been away for a very very long time, mm. and he just don't want us to be staying not doing. At like group activities, yeah. Um, so the some of the boys that live in Belgium went back this week. Mm. They started on Monday, so I'm gonna jump. Uh, I'll probably go down there next week. Yeah. Uh, to uh, do you have to wait for like government guidelines, or are they yeah. like, still? You know? Yeah, that, that's what I'm actually waiting on because I think Boris comes on tonight. On yeah. Stage, yeah, and tell us what's gonna be what's gonna be happening. Okay. So hopefully, some good news. So has it been for you in in Belgium man this year? I see you got you got in that in the team of the year and that. Uh, oh, transfer of the season. Yeah. Transfer of the season. Yeah. Um yeah, I was actually surprised. Everything just went so smooth. Like I met the manager for the first time. We spoke for about two, three hours. Mm. Straight away I made my mind up. He was just somebody that wanted me to do well. Mm. And he just kept telling me to like, look, what happened in the past happened in the past. I just want you to come here, bring your experience, and then just help us win games. Yeah. And then lucky for me, scored on my debut and scored for the next three games, playing very, very well. The team was doing really well. Like, we were beating the top four. Mm. Um, and then we had a little dip of form as a team. I was injured as well. Um, my other striking partner wasn't scoring as much. Mm. So um, we kind of suffered. But we did well. We got to the semi-finals of the Cup. Mm. Uh, we lost that, um, but we we gave you a right goal. We really gave you a right goal. You lost to to Bruges, didn't it? Yeah, yeah. So yeah. yeah, we played two legs. So the first leg at their place, we drew one one. Yeah, and they came to our place and they beat us two two one. Yeah, I remember. I was actually meant to like we were trying to sort it out for me to get out there for, oh, okay. for that match, but it didn't. Yeah. It didn't happen. But um, yeah. So before we get onto that things in the past or whatever how important was it for you to actually leave England to go to Belgium because obviously when you've left England and you're mm -hmm. looking for other clubs and everything mm -hmm. was it a, a thing in your mind to not actually stay in England or did you 100% because mm -hmm. as you everybody know my reputation was really really bad at the time mm -hmm. so for me to stay in England and to prove people again it was something that I was not looking forward to because I felt like when I, when I left West Brom, the number one thing I had to do was to prove everybody that I'm not this person that the media's mm. talking about. Yeah. And 
I always felt like I was, I moved to Stoke with a cloud over my head and trying to fight that, trying to fight the past, trying to fight people judging me for any little wrong things. Yeah. So for me, I wanted to go somewhere where it's a clean slate. They know about me, but don't really know about me. The media don't really follow you around. Like you can walk anywhere. Nobody knows you. Mm. Um, and then I think footballers over there looked a bit different than yeah. here. Yeah. Not really, then people over there are not quick to judge and stuff like that. Yeah. So what, so when I went there, it was just like, in the back of my mind, I was like, this is the best, best decision I've made so far. Yeah, man, because... I'm, I'm just trying to figure out how we can where we can go from it. How much yeah. of a of a part in your in your reputation, like the way it was seen, was yeah. was media driven, and how much of it is actually you know what this might be actually true, this might actually be true. So, um, I mean, the media did play a big part of mm. my downfall, I would say, um, but most of the things, obviously, I put myself in situations where. I can only blame myself, you know what I mean? Um, I think people actually look at me and think that I push all the blame to somebody else. I always look for excuses. Mm. And I've always sat down and Femme knows me, my agent, really well. We've always looked at each other in the eye and said, look, you've, you've messed up here. You need to pick yourself back up or yeah. you, you need to stop doing this, you need to stop doing that. And I just think at the moment, I was in denial, but the time at Stoke, was, I was stressed. I was mm. depressed. So me not being able to speak to somebody about that and trying to get proper help kind of yeah. kind of affected affected me massively and you yeah. can see from the results on the pitch i didn't score for about two years mm. um i couldn't get going i didn't fit in the team well yeah. so yeah I, I suffered a little bit but it's something that you learn i mean yeah is it yeah. At, at the time when, when all of this is going on yeah is there a reason why you don't come out and say look actually this is what is this is actually what is going on because you mentioned you know mm. you were suffering maybe de depression and whatnot so is there a reason why you can't come out and be like this is actually what's going on rather than letting the media just run 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 with it? Mm. i mean i've never been a big public speaker so i've always tried to just do what i do speak to the people that are close to me and that's it and maybe that's one of the, uh, maybe that's one thing that I should have done. I should have just came out and spoke to the public or whoever uh, that could help me in that way and trying to change my image. Mm. But because I've always tried to prove people that I'm not this person, I felt like I was losing myself in that process. Mm. So I felt like I was chasing the wrong things, trying to show somebody else I'm not the person that people are talking uh, about. Mm. And if you look at my best season at West Brom, I was just being a young player, enjoying yeah. the game, passionate about that. And that's how I did it. I did it the right way. Yeah. But when I when this media stuff started piling up, I didn't know how to handle it. And I was yeah. like, what am I doing wrong? Like, you know what I mean? I kind of lost myself in that. And um, I think a lot of people, like, they forget that, yes, you're a footballer, but you're actually just a human being. And yeah. like you said, you were young. You were young coming up. So, yeah. you know, a normal... 19, 20, 21 year old who's actually growing up and making their own mistakes. Nothing, yeah. nothing happens then. But you've got to do that in front, in front of everyone, mm. whilst while still trying to media constantly putting down footballers, while yeah. still while still trying to actually play football. Yeah. Uh, so in the in the beginning, when you was at West Brom and banging goals and whatnot, you actually had a reputation from the. Um, from the England youth team, didn't you? Of yeah, yeah. actually being one of the best up-and-coming talents. Yeah, yeah. And and at the time, do you remember you were actually um, seen as the, the the bigger talent than um, than Harry Kane? Yeah, I mean, at the time, I remember under twenty ones, like I was playing most every game, scoring more, like every literally every game I was scoring, and I actually won the best young player of that year, mm. and. I mean, in that team, we had Raheem Sterling, Wilfred Zaha. We had big names, Jack Butler and Harry Kane. The list goes on, Redmond. There was too many players, good, young, talented players. And when I got my chance with uh, Gareth Southgate, he was starting me over Harry Kane. Yeah. And at the time, what probably helped me as well is the fact that I kind of played prim more, like I was playing more Premier League games than yeah. him. And I was actually doing well at West Brom. So that helped as well. Um, but I never looked at myself as I'm a bigger talent than this person or that person. It was just the media, like, you know, the media, they're, they're good at 
building you bigging up. you up yeah, yeah they big you up and then they wait for you down for and they drag you back down but um yeah it was great memories man great time i had a great time when 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 people when people look at you and and now look at you and think oh he was he had this great career but he's finished and how old are you 26 27 yeah 26 27 soon yeah so your career is far from finished so yeah, when, exactly. when they look at you and and just write you off how does that make you feel to be honest i don't really pay pay no mind because for the last five years all i've seen is mostly negative press mm. so i've tried to avoid that like i don't really look at it like that i mean my career feels like I've been in a game for about 20 years with everything I've, <laughs> that's hit me. But um, like you said, I'm only 26. Um, and I'm trying, I'm finding, like, I've literally loved football again. Like, moving abroad, yeah. that passion's come back to just the smile of being at training ground. Yeah. Playing, scoring goals. It's just mm. been great. It's actually been great. Okay, so let's take it to the very beginning. Because you came yeah. to England at the age of... 10? Yeah, 9, 10. And um, you came from Burundi. Mm -hmm. what, what was it like for you, like, coming alone and, and trying to settle in? And, and how did you actually get into football then? Um, when I first came, came here, I couldn't speak a word of English. Mm. So I can only speak French or Swahili. Mm. And then, um, yeah, I remember it was, a, like, it was a massive shock for me culture-wise. First, it was freezing as hell. <laughs> I had all the wrong gears <laughs> to go mm -hmm. with it. Um, so, yeah, I remember going to, I started in primary school, which was year six, mm. got there. Um, and because I, I couldn't speak English, I had to have my own little separate room to, to get taught English while the other kids are having lessons and stuff. So it was a bit of like a lonely six months. And yeah. what actually helped me was football. So in the playground, I started playing football. And some of the boys were like, oh, you should come try out for the school team. Then we started that and we used to do like a seven aside and we actually used to play at the Villa ground. They have like a dome, Villa, yeah. Villa Park, they have like a dome. And we started playing and I was doing really well. And then somebody's parent told me to come to their Sunday league team, yeah, which was literally two minutes down the road. It was called mm -hmm. Phoenix United. Okay. And then I was there for about six months and then some guy, uh, Steve Hotcroft, was a um, scout at West Brom. He was like, yeah, I would like to give you trials. Yeah, you and other striker to come at West Brom. And I remember going there, first time really playing proper football, like professionally. Mm. And then we did about six weeks of trials. Um, and by then I'm starting to pick up English. Right? Because before, like, somebody have a conversation with me, I don't, don't know what the hell they're saying. I just start smiling. Yeah. So they just thought, <laughs> look at this guy. Like a, it's a happy guy. He's a happy guy. He's got a good character. So... Because I couldn't speak English, I just smiled all the time. Yeah. And then things picked up. Uh, I got signed after six weeks, and I just went through the through the age groups. Would Would you say that football was like? It sounds a bit cliche, but would you say it was like your saving grace in regards to like settling in? Hundred percent. I think if I never had football, I would be this quiet, lock myself in a room type of kid. Because mm. I only grew up. I only grew up with me and my mom my teenage years because all my sisters are way older than me they were mm. married and stuff so I've always tried I kept myself to myself but because I was always at football training playing games doing all of that um, yeah so so he helped me settle in and actually learn learn the English culture and stuff okay. like that so you've been signed now to, to West Brom and then yeah. you're going through all the youth levels all the academies yeah. reserves and everything and now it comes time to make your debut. Yeah. Um, what was it like for you, number one, making your debut, mm -hmm. but number two, also having to like take up after Lukaku and Odin Wingy? What, what, was, what, what sort of pressure was on you to do those things? Um, the, good thing of, the good thing about that, right, was Steve Clark, um, mm -hmm. I remember in pre-season, mm -hmm. um, I just came back from an injury, by the way. I've been on loan and stuff like that, and I and I had a, a problem with my knee. So I snapped my kneecap in two. So they took a little piece out. So that actually changed my career. But because before, I never used to do gym stuff. I just yeah. relied on my talent. Yeah. And then when I was out in the... For, like I wasn't kicking a ball for about 10 months. 
I picked up other habits where I had to look after my body, right? Mm-hmm. And then I came back at preseason. I was like a different player, machine, yeah. running everywhere. And then Steve Clark called me and he was like, listen, like I want you to be with my team this season. Um, you're going to be our surprise package. And from, from here, like when he told me that, I just couldn't believe it. Yeah. He, he never told me about you need to fill this boo, you need to fill that boo. You just say, just be yourself. You're talented enough. Mm. And then I was I was actually lucky to have like all these senior guys like Chris Brown, Yusuf Malumbu, Stephen Reed. The list goes on. They always used to put their arm around me because I was like the only youngest youngster yeah. in the team, and just say you're a great finisher. Like, yeah, you carry on working on your craft. You get your chance. And yeah, my debut came. Um, it was against Newport County for I think it was an FA Cup. FA, yeah, yeah. And the managed to score a hat trick in the first half, mm-hmm. and and then from then on everything just blew up. Like played against Arsenal in a cup again, I scored. Then I managed to get my my game time against Man United. Then I scored my Premier League debut, and I just kept scoring. And that year I actually finished best young player, yeah, and, and top that. scorer as well mm. for the team. So everything's going well for you now, and yeah. you're scoring goals. You're part of the team. You know, yeah. neither are hyping you up. Yeah. Where would you say was the oh when would you say was the first time you kind of got inkling that things might be going a bit left? When when um when I tweeted when I tweeted that I didn't want to play for West Brom again, that was the worst thing I, I could have ever done when I said I don't want to play for Jeremy Pierce anymore. I'm so happy you, you brought that up and, and yeah. I didn't. Was that was that was in response to like transfer like after yeah. the transfer window, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so what was going in through your mind and whatnot when you actually like, tweeted that? So I was in my room. Everything was off. It was close the curtain and everything. And then I'm just on the phone to my agent, left, right, back, back and forth, back and forth. And he's like, yeah, Tottenham, Tottenham's going to bid. Oh, well, we can't, get, we can't get Jeremy Pierce on the phone. Get the director. No, he's not answering. Left messaging. Um, I'm just sitting. You know when you're like you're not in control of nothing. Mm. I felt hopeless, and then when I got the call, and my agent was like, "Listen, it's not going to happen. He's not letting you go." And I just remember I started crying, and I was so in much anger. I just tweeted it, and the first person to tweet uh, to to message me back was some I forgot her name, but she worked for Sky Sport. And she replied. She replied back, "Wow, do you want to say? <laughs> yes, do you want to say your piece on this?" And I looked at my phone. I just threw my phone away, and I just knew from then on. Like my mom knocked on my door. He's like, "What the hell are you doing? You're all over Sky Sports. Why are you why Why are you typing? Why are you getting involved?" Mm. And I just remember I didn't want to go into training. I just felt like it was a big move for me at the time. Yeah, but I just felt like the world was ending for me. But yeah. that was the biggest mistake I made. It was it was a horrible day for me, and yeah. to to even make it worse, I even went in with my mom to to see Jeremy Peace, and he was he just looked in her eye and said, "Look, your son's not going nowhere. Mm. No explanation, really." Uh, but did I you guys to... have did you guys have like any sort of issues before that? Never. Because Jeremy was a type of guy where you don't really see him every time. You see him at the games and says hi. He was a good guy. He was literally a good guy and we never came across each other like anything. I was a youngster, so I can't really, you know what I mean? Yeah. I can't really be going, talking uh, like that, but never had a problem. And that's why people can always say to me, did you do something to him before? Mm. And I said, no, I've never done anything, but I've come to find out he was trying to sell the club and I, and I was the big, biggest asset in the team. Mm. So if he sold me, he wouldn't have got the money that Obviously, he was asking for. I'd yeah. like to find out this later on, though. Yeah, but it's, it's, see, even you just saying that, it's so funny how people aren't privy to like politics. Yeah, yeah. Do, do, do you know what I mean? So yeah. it's like you now, you've got a bright future ahead of you. Tottenham will come in for you, offering however much money. And yeah. because of other agendas, you, mm. you know, you're left in the dark and, and you can't go. So when it comes to now trying to get back into the team and everything, was it quite hard for you then? Or were you able to just come and just, you know, get on with it? 
it was difficult and at the same time confusing for me because they've just refused uh, to sell me and then they give yeah. me the biggest contract in the team. Yeah. So now I'm on pre-season and I just get an email, right, we're going to give you this. One of, you're going to be one of the highest paid in the club. Mm. Um, we want you to, to stay here another four years, but yeah. now you can have a buyout clause and all of that nonsense. Mm. And I'm thinking in the back of my head, well, you, I've made it clear I want to leave and now you want to give me a big, another big contract. And I said, that won't look right for me anyway. And that's like playing with the fans. Yeah. Like, I'm just in it for the money now. So I, I refused to sign a new deal. And then they came again. I refused. So they knew, okay, this guy like, wants to really leave. Yeah. And then obviously my contract was running now. I had like a year left. And then with six months to go, they sold me to Stoke. Mm. And, so and, the thing, and the thing is, sorry, the thing is, they sold you for less money than, than they would have got. Yeah, they, way less. Yeah, less money than, you know. So really and truly, no one really won in that situation. Exactly. I mean, I think even because I left Stoke early, they probably didn't get the full amount because you get it, you get it in installments. So mm. um, okay. I don't know how that worked out. I don't know how that worked yeah. out, but... I mean, so, Alma, I don't know. So, when you, while you was at West Brom, Tony Pulis comes in. Yeah. What was he like as a as a manager? He was um, he was a tough manager where he's like, you have to be on his line, or you're not even gonna kick a ball. I mean, mm. I've I've been in a team where players don't play for the whole season, but they're mm. just on the bench, on the bench, on the bench. But he was the type of manager. He knew what he wanted. Tactically, he was a genius. He's mm. like this is what you have to do for me and you have to do it and you will play. And between me and him, like, it was, it was good for me. Like, he taught me the other side of the game, like, like being in position. Tactically, he made me aware of certain things I wasn't aware of before. Mm. Um, and we were a hard team to beat at times. We were, like, really hard. He came in. Um, we managed to stay in the Premier League. The following year, same thing. So he never had a problem. He never had a problem with me. Yeah, because uh, I remember there was one time they asked him in the press after your FA Cup goals. Oh, yeah, yeah, And um, in fact, yeah, let's talk about that. <laughs> let's, let's, let's talk about that. So, wait, you score four in the FA Cup here. Yeah. Hard, like, normal. And yeah. then you don't celebrate any of the goals. Yeah. I don't, you know what, I look, <laughs> you know, sometimes, but sometimes, you see what, what, what I don't realise is, like when I'm playing, I'm in front of these people. Like sometimes I'm in my own zone. Mm. So in that game in particular, I was like, all right, no disrespect to, I don't even remember who we're playing against. It was like, a, who was it again? It was a, it was a low team. Yeah, it was a very low team. Mm. And then we were battering them. And yeah. I was not the only one that didn't celebrate. Victor Nietzsche be scored, he didn't really celebrate. Bronte mm. scored, he didn't really celebrate. But because I scored four and never celebrated, yeah, it was a big thing. BBC made it a big thing. Like they put, they did a little video clip. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Black, and, I remember it, black and white, and then just like, it. yeah, go, going on, oh, going Gates on about it. Was it Gates? Gate, Gate said, Gate said, that's it. Gate said, made it a big thing. But um, yeah, I was just having fun, man. I scored four goals, and I thought, no, no disrespect to the opponent. Like nobody's gonna run on, you know what I mean? It's yeah. just one of them things. You see a lot of players don't do anyway when they play against teams in League yeah. Two and that they don't really celebrate. You know, what mm. I mean? yeah. it's like you're doing what you're supposed to do. Exactly, type of thing. Yeah. Yeah. No, because I remember it got painted out like, oh, there's there's some trouble going on in the club and <laughs> and whatnot. And yeah. I don't know if Tony Pulis going, oh, he's happier in the changing rooms or, or something like that. And yeah, just kind of. I mean, the boys got the boys got onto me. They're like, why are you celebrating? They're just pushing me about. I just like. Right, like, mm. we just we just won seven nil, whatever it was. Like, yeah. I'm not gonna jump up and down. Yeah. yeah. What was it like for you? Who did you support growing up, Man United. Man United. Okay, cool. What was it like scoring against United? My first goal was a blur. Don't remember my celebration at all. Oh, really? I seriously don't. I scored and everything went like. I can't remember it. Like when I watch back and I'm doing gunshots and all that, I'm like, that's not me. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, that's not me. Um, yeah, so that that day was really special for me. Like 
even getting the compliment from in the tunnel, uh, Real Ferdinand came to me and gave me a shirt and it was like, Louis, if you keep working hard, you you get somewhere. Mm. That, hearing that from like an international English best defender, it was like unbelievable. Yeah. yeah. Well, who would you say in that West Brom team while you were there? Yeah. Was one of the most talented players you, you've played with? Or, yeah, was one of the most talented players there at the time with that West Brom team? There was a lot, man. But for me, Dorans was so technically gifted. It was unbelievable. Graham Dorans, Scottish even, guy. You wouldn't even think that, like... Oh, my God, he was he, so He was good. the one that you'd pick up. Yeah, a lot of people say, I'll pick up maybe Anelka, James Morrison. Mm. But Graham Dorans, he never spoke. He was so quiet, kept himself to himself. But mm. technically, left foot, right foot, after training, he was doing finishing, free kicks. He was unbelievable. Like, I loved watching him play when I was a youngster because when you was a youngster, you had to ball boy. Yeah. Ball boy. And in the championship, he absolutely killed it. Like, he killed it. Yeah. And he was the best player in the champ. So, yeah, man, like, being alongside him, he just used to tell me, Ron, I'll give you the ball. Like, he used to meet, be in midfield and he was just, it was really good. Yeah. What was um, Anelka like? We've had a couple people come on my lives <laughs> and talk about Anelka and say he was just unreal. Like, for you, what was Anelka like? I've, I've never seen nobody quicker than him. First two steps, he had the same trick that always worked. He slows everybody down. Defender just comes, boom, he's out. Mm. He, was, he came, obviously, came at 34, he was 34 years old mm. and he was ripped. Like, I remember the first time he was doing his body fight, it was like maybe four, five. And oh, everybody's wow. looking at him thinking, Jesus. Yeah. Then training starts, boom, just like that. Never yeah. really spoke much, but he was a baller. Was a baller. Yeah. That's crazy. When when you were growing up though, like who were who were the people you like looked up to in looked regard, up to in regards to the strikers? Or well, he just plays in general actually. He's always been Eto. Samuel Eto. Yeah, I followed him every everywhere he went. I just looked at him. Like the even when he went to the striker ever. Don't, for real. Don't nobody nobody at me or anything. For real. <laughs> I'm with you in that one, for real. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. Nothing, so man. yeah. So he was yeah man, like Anelka was good though. Like Anelka played that force number nine and allowed me to do whatever behind like in front of him. Mm. Um he always wanted the ball to his feet, never really made runs. Yeah. Just give me the ball, give me the ball. And he was just creating bare space for me. Like the best game I had with him was when it was against West Ham. Mm. Um, we drew 3-3, three, three. he scored two. I remember when he did that celebration and got in trouble for it. He did some mad gesture and he got in trouble for it. I can't remember that. Oh, I, yeah. I, I look, I'll look it up. Yeah, but it was, it was that, it was that, um, it was that best game we had. He scored two, I scored one. No, that's, I love that. I rate that. So, obviously, there was a time playing for West Ham which crossed over where you had, you mentioned earlier on, actually, your mad goal drop. Yeah. Your mad goal drop. Yeah. Right. You don't suddenly forget how to score goals, obviously. Of course, yeah, yeah. But during that, during that time, how hard does it actually become for you well, to, to score a goal? The thing was, the, 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 the annoying thing about all of it was in training, I'll score two, three goals. Mm. Obviously, the, the first couple of games, I'm like, yeah, let me just get into the rhythm. Like, I'm trying to learn how other players are playing and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but then in games, I, I'll go three, four games, no no shot. I'm yeah. saying zero shot. And I'm looking at my, like, because I always analyse my games, and I'm looking at my games back. I'm like, what the hell am I doing wrong? And I was just playing alone. Like, I was playing as a striker by myself, Richard. Mm. So he was like really hard, and you have Anotovic, which is like he's not really a winger; he's more yeah. like a second striker that don't really cross. He was scoring all the goals. Then um, Shakiri on the other side, like he comes in shoots, and I was just hopeless. I felt like going into games, like man, I want this game to finish as soon as possible because I know I'm gonna have, I'm gonna struggle. Oh, really, head was gone. Head was gone. Like, I know he struggle like. Even when penalties come, I'm like, yeah, I want to take it. But deep down, I know, like, oh, I might miss. Yeah. What That's game was this where, and I think that's West Brom, where you, where you missed two penalties? Yeah, that was West Brom against Wat Watford. That was during the, the, the drought as well, right? No, 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 no. Then I was scoring four or five goals. But the drought started at Stoke. As soon as I hit Stoke, it was like, 
two <laughs> years, no goals. And then, and the funniest thing, I'll go play in the reserve. I'll score a hat trick in the reserve. Mm. Get in the first team, zero. So, what 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 drove you to to keep going and know that you know what, it's going to come. Like, how do you stay motivated? I think when we got when we got relegated to the championship, mm. um, Gary Rowett came in, and it was most honest manager I've ever had. Like he I met him even before the boys come in and made me say, Look, I've heard everything that's happened. I'm giving you a chance to show what you're about. Earn your earn your spot. Mm. He came in, he bought Benny Cafobi as a striker, so obviously I've yeah. played with him before. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, cool, that's fine. So when he came in, I was playing like a number ten behind a Foby or sometimes as a winger. And that's when I started feeling the, the you know what I mean, that you feel that energy coming back, that you feel more positive into games and stuff like yeah. that. So the team, we, the team wasn't doing really great, but we started playing as a team. We were more as a team than before. Before it was just like, yo, the first person to finish training just goes in shower and leaves. We don't even have, yeah. we don't even have bloody lunch together. And when he came in, he ch- he changed that a little bit, and and I scored my goal in that in that season. I scored five five goals. So. And well, I, only, I only play like half a season. What was it like for you finally scoring a goal? Everybody, the best thing was everybody was chuffed. Like the whole team came and celebrated with me. Mm. The fans like went crazy about that. Um, it just made me feel, yes, I'm back now. And I started scoring, I started scoring. Was, then, was there ever a point during that drought where you felt like your teammates maybe lost, lost faith in you? Yeah, a thousand percent. Like at West Brom, like the kit man will be like, "What boots you you wearing today?" Because I know I need to clean them. You're gonna score. Mm. But at Stoke City, like you look around the change room, everybody's on their phone or whatever. You don't get that. You know, your side that we're looking up to you today. You don't yeah. get that. I remember I used to get that at West Brom. Like uh, Ben Foster in FA Cup is like, "Side, oh, come on, we need a goal. You need to hurry up and give us a goal. We don't want to do extra time or second leg." Like that mm. gives you confidence. But I never really had that at Stoke. And plus at Stoke, I wasn't really looked at as a striker, like a mm. striker, striker. I was more played as a winger or the ten. So when you get when you get played out of position, yeah, is it a thing of just get on with it, or do you knock on the door every now and then? Listen, play me my position, and I'll score goals. Or do you just have to get on with it? For me, it's different. I I, I play. I like playing left or middle or as a ten. I don't really have a, a like a number nine I'm not like a number nine number nine because I'm good in my feet and I can also run in behind so yeah when managers put me in different position I just go on with it to be honest like I don't really go in and knock on the door and like yo put me as a nine and I'll show you what I can do I'm not that uh, type of player so by this time yeah your drought is happening yeah would you say by this time like your rep in the media is, is totally gone 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 to gone to the fact that Listen, the worst, the worst one was this year. There was an article saying that I turned up to the game on a wrong day. Mm. Who does that? How can I turn up to a to a? Uh, how can I turn up to a game on a wrong day? Said yeah. that I wore my tracksuit on a Friday, thinking that the game's <laughs> on a Friday. <laughs> and this is a big. This was in a Premier League. Was it Premier League? Yeah, it was Premier League. Yeah. Mm. And then I couldn't believe it. Like, that blew up, went everywhere. Everybody was laughing at that. Um, some of the pundits was making fun of fun out of me. I just said, this is crazy. And then when, when, like, when these things happen, yeah, it's because, you, you know, of your past tweeting issues or whatever, do you get, like, your agent in your ear just being like, you know what, just don't address it? Like, what role does your agent play in regards to your behaviour and what you can actually put out? Um, it does a lot. It does a lot because whatever I have to put out first, you uh, mm. kind of have to look at it because he's a, he's somebody that's not in my shoes. Yeah, so he has to overlook it because otherwise I can just be tweeting like I was tweeting before and put a madness out there. And I think where I went wrong as well because I wasn't vocally backing myself. Mm. I pay, anybody can write whatever they wanted because they mm. felt like, right, he ain't gonna hit us back. So let me do whatever we're gonna do. Yeah. So that's why I probably I should have used my platform a bit better, like my social media a little bit better, trying to uh, interact with the fans and stuff like that. Yeah. 
But because I always felt like I was getting judged, I just felt like, yo, let me just stay put, keep yeah. myself to myself, and then it must be so hard, man. Because it's horrible. Because the media literally is how a lot of people stay informed about a lot of things. Do you know what I mean? So mm. if if a newspaper comes out today and says, say that Berahino, he's he's a changed man and you know he's ready to take on the world, everyone will literally just be like, yeah. Well, do you get what I'm saying? So when all these things are happening, and you can't even go on your Twitter because people will just be going at you, going at you, going if, at you. If you if you see my tweet, I don't even remember last time I tweeted something. Mm. Personally, I don't put no, I don't, I don't put anything that I'm doing during the day where I'm at. Doing all of mm. that. I just, I just don't have it in me to do it, yeah. and I just left it as that. I just promote my football, show some pictures of me kicking a ball around and whatever, and then. Mm. That's all it is, man. Because media is just there to. Some people live off of the media, like yo. I need media in my life to mm. to be able to get into a certain certain um level of life, but I just don't need it. So I just I, I appreciate the fans that I have and that have always followed me, always supported me, and that's why I still got it. If I never really had fans, I would have got rid of you a long time ago. Yeah. So media now outside, out of mind, as as Marlon says, big up power. But when you get your own people. So mm -hmm. people you've played with before, you mm -hmm. know, people from within the game who who really and truly, you would think that there's some sort of almost like a fraternity when it comes to when it comes to players. When you get people you've played with before coming out and, and doing the talking, mm -hmm. how does that make you feel? I was I was so disappointed and I've addressed it before because Glenn Johnson was somebody that lived like sat right next to me, right? Mm. As a, I had so much respect for him for what he's done in the game, playing for England, yeah. you know, doing all of that. And for him to have to go to the radio to say something was a bit embarrassing, mm. especially where you, he ain't going to gain nothing. Like, he's not going to gain more freaking, I don't know, accolades out of it. It's somebody that I'm not even in the Premier League. I was bloody in Belgium doing my own yeah. thing and I get this big up. Glenn Johnson going, if I was a bloody chairman, I would never touch him. Uh, this, that. I'm like, all right, cool, no problem. Yeah. So it is what it is, you know what I mean? He's entitled to his own opinion, but it was it was just bloody stupid. It just, yeah. For me, I was just disappointed. I was just disappointed with the way he went on about it. I remember on, on my actual podcast, Counter-Attack podcast, everyone, on my actual podcast, I remember when it happened, and I said, the reason why I didn't like it, number one, like... In fact, first of all, no one asked him. <laughs> no, 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 nobody asked him. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And mm. he just came out and, and said that. And, and I was just thinking, you as a player now, these times you've left Sunderland, I'm not Sunderland, so you've left Stoke, oh. and you're, no one knows if you're trying to find a club, if you're struggling to find a club. Yeah. And just by putting it out there, like he could have sport your whole thing. And he actually did because some certain teams are looking at him thinking, okay, it must be a bad egg if his mm -hmm. own player that's been in the changing with him coming out and telling the whole world X, Y, Z. I don't go into training and fight everybody. All right. Sometimes at Stoke, yeah, I'll come in late. I didn't want to be there. Mm. And obviously we get paid. Everybody has these stressful days. Like you don't want to go to work, whatever. Mm. You have, you're trying to find some excuses, whatever it was. My punctuality, yes, wasn't the greatest, but my attitude, he can't say that I was fucking around all the time or this, that, and, and whatever. He affected me because going forward, I couldn't get a, a big club or a good enough club Yeah. In, in, in that, you know what I mean? So I just left it as that, like, he's entitled to do whatever he wants to do. He's entitled to say whatever that, yeah. that is. But when, when some of the other senior players texted me and saying that's wrong from him doing that, that mm. just shows that it was wrong of him doing that. You know what I mean? Yeah. But did, did you feel the need to say anything to him directly, or would you just? Is it one of those things that you know? If what? I if I see him, if I see him, I'll ask him. Like, just just say to my like, what what? Why could you not call me or text me or whatever? Mm. You mind? It's not hard to get my number. Yeah. All the players still have like some of the players got my number, so it's not hard. But. I'm not going to be mad at him and say, oh, my God, this, that, and the other, blah, 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 blah. I won't do that. Like, yeah. that's just childish. Like, that's immature. He's entitled to say what he said, and I said what I said. And I just left it as that, really. As to, and to be honest, 
me personally, I'm actually happy that you kind of left it. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Because yeah. if you had come back and been like, actually, it yeah. just makes you look like, do you know what I mean? Make, you know? It makes you look like you're guilty or you're, mm. you act, you know, the things that he's saying is actually right. Because I was so baffled by it and I was so like, I didn't understand what he was trying to get. At. Yeah. So I was a bit confused. Like, whoa, he hit me like, oh my God, really? And I yeah. just like left it there. I was like, I can't do anything about that, really. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, we've got a question here. There's a couple. Um, sorry, everyone, just keep sending in your questions and I'll pick and choose as they come. So don't put them in the comments. Actually write them so I can actually go through them. Um, how much was the failed Tottenham move a factor in the change of your trajectory? Do you feel like that Tottenham move actually changed a lot for you in regards to your football future and everything? And the potential? I think the only thing that he changed was the way people viewed me and he mm. brought in a ten, he brought in extra pressure that I didn't need at the time yeah I think if I had somebody around my around me that told like that told me look Sido you're not going to move forget about it you've already done it you've already proven that you can get you can attract a big club now mm. let's go and attract two two or three big clubs yeah you know I mean I never had that type of guidance I just thought wow my, my life is ended really like I want to play Champions League on a do-do-do. Not disrespected to West Brom. Like, I loved my time at West Brom. Like, mm. even if West Brom came back to, to for me, I would jump back as soon as I can. Because really? That's so where... you actually just... Yeah, you know, I, 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 100%. I love West Brom. Like, I, I, sport, I still support them. I still follow their games. My friend plays for them. You know what I mean? So, if they came back for me, 100%, I'll go back. 100%. But... It was just I just felt like the time where um, I've had a great season and Tottenham's come in and that's going to improve my level even more, like playing with other good players. And yeah. obviously the manager as well that they had at the time was really into young players. So I thought he would develop my pro progress fast if I went there. Yeah. But obviously it didn't work out that way. So it is what it is. Okay. Um, your favourite... West Brom memory or me, 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 or me. <laughs> 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 West Brom memory. Um, uh, I had so many, you know, but I'll have to say scoring my debut goal against Man United that, wow. that day. And absolutely, we that was the first time we beat them after 30 something years. Yeah. So look, it was a big, big thing for the West Brom fans. Big, big thing. Yeah. yeah. Next question. The most talented player at Stoke. Oh. Wow. Yeah, it's a good one. Shakiri was, there was a few, you know, I'll have to say there was a few. Shakiri will have to be up there. Um, Anotovic was good. When when you when you say players like Anatovic, when you when you when you see what he went on and done at West Ham and you know couldn't stop scoring, is that something? Is that something that you you could see was like he had it in him? Yeah, when you were playing. Yeah, he was just like he's a he's one of them players that like he just power. He's just power. Everything about him is power. Like mm. he runs with power. He shoots with power. He's aggressive and he's just. I don't know what made him be a winger. He should have been a striker from the get go. And I was glad okay. that when he went went to West Ham, they just put him as a number nine. Because mm. for me, he's a, he's got a number nine mentality. Like yeah. you'll expect your wingers to defend. He was just like staying up there, cheating yeah. a little bit, and then boom, he goes. He was really good, man. Yeah. Okay. Um. Now I want to talk about you representing Burundi. Yeah. So you represented England um, at youth level. Mm. Um, what was it that made you say, you know what, let me go and represent Burundi in terms think, of in senior, at senior level? I think for me, it was, um, it, I felt like I was ready. I was ready to go and play for my nation because, you know, playing for Burundi, it's a big ask. It's like, it's not like you're playing for club level. It's like the whole country is behind you. Mm. And I was so glad I made the right decision that was important for me. Oh, I would have to because that was important for me because when I went the whole nation was behind me and supported me and we managed to qualify for the first time 
um, for African Cup of Nations. Yeah. Mm. And then being made captain as well, it was just unbelievable. Unbelievable yeah. moment for me. What was it? What was it like being at the African Cup of Nations? Like, what did it mean to you? And what did it? What could you? Like, what did it mean to the country from what you could see? It was. It was just like unbelievable moment. Like, I'll, I'll tell you this. So the day that we got qualified, we played against Gabon. So Abomayang, me, we're going me against Abomayang and making it a big thing, Premier League, this Premier League, that. Mm. Nobody really expected us to win that game. Yeah, so we, we, we stayed together. We kept together. The day of the game, I'm telling you, the game started at 3 p.m. People went to the stadium at 10 a.m. Wow, hot day. The whole town is full of queues. Like people mm. just lining up. Some people had tickets, couldn't make it in. It was overpacked. Mm. So we drew that game. All we needed was a point to qualify, and then we qualified. The whole country went crazy for about four days. Yeah, uh, actually, our, our, our team boss couldn't move for about three hours. We just had mm. fans everywhere. Like it was just unbelievable moment, and it, like the the whole like you can see that the whole nation was happy again. Like it just we gave them that extra joy, and everybody was happy to be from mm. Burundi, have a part in Burundi. And us fans were like us as players. We just felt like we did something right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, yeah, and why I love it even more that you played for Burundi is because I'm a very big advocate of people playing for, you know, the country of their heritage. Yeah, you know I mean? and even though people might look at Burundi and be like, you've, they've only got Berahino. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. you going back and playing, it kind of sets the sets the ball rolling or sets the wheels in motion, mm-hmm. and. Going forward, I think a lot more players will actually start playing for, you know, their countries of heritage. And that's the only way they're going to become stronger nations. 100%. And that was like, I'm glad you said that because that was one of my thinking of making the decision to play back home. I want to open a path for all the players that are still in Burundi. So if I go and play for Burundi, knowing with the CV that I've got, maybe a scout will come and look at Burundi and say, well, if Saido's from Burundi, and who who's the next Berahino, who's the next this. So that that motivated me even more to go and play for them because when I see them training, they are so talented, but they just don't have a way of yeah. getting out of yeah. Burundi. And yeah. I was once one of them when I was a little child and I got my opportunity. So I wanted like to open up more avenues for them to be seen. Yeah. And luckily, like after that African Cup, loads of players went to start playing outside of Burundi some in uh, Saudi Arabia, this place, that place. So it was a win-win for everybody, even though we didn't do great in the, in the tournament. Yeah. Everybody left happy. No, I, I, I probably yeah. love that. And another thing I don't get spoken about is your charity work. Yeah. Yeah, so you also do um, charity back home. And how important is that for you in regards to you so, know, just doing your duties, if you know what I mean? First, I'll have to thank my mum because without her, it wouldn't have happened. And obviously, I don't really post nothing anymore with charity because I had a problem before. I opened a charity here and and I thought to myself, why am I opening one here? My mm-hmm. own people are back home suffering. I don't need to open one here. All right, so we took, it, we took it back to Burundi and then we just, just we sponsor schools. And obviously, there's a system in Burundi. If you don't pay your hospital bills, some are kept there as like... Um, kept as prisoners, so they yeah. might they might operate you or whatever. And if you haven't paid it, then you're locked it's in there. So mm. my mom will go around and speak to a few people and see how the cases are developing and yeah. bail them out. So it's stuff like that which I try and do instead of like posting it, putting it on Instagram. I got videos, but I just don't post really nothing. I yeah, just, me, it's like a family thing. We just do it to just we don't want nothing in return. We don't want people looking at us in a different light because I can't save the whole of Burundi anyway but I'm trying to do my little part yeah and to be honest that's that's all you can do just exactly. do your little part and yeah. you know I'm, I'm very happy to hear that you know your your head is clear and you're doing stuff back home and you're loving playing for Burundi and long may it continue yeah. so question do you feel you can get back to the Premier League and what do you think you need to do to get there what do you feel you need to do to get there now, yeah. Um, of course, like I loved my time playing in the Premier League, one of the best league ever. 
for me to get there now, I'll have to have a great season as a striker, score 20, 25 goals um, mm. at, at a league that's respected enough for a Premier League team to look at you and say, you know what, he's he's matured now. This is his prime time and we can, we can give him a chance. Um, yeah. So it's not out of reach because I've played already. I've got experience of yeah. the Premier League, so it's not out of reach. Yeah, It's 100% not out of reach. Um, no, I'm not going to ask that one. <laughs> oh, this this is a good one, interesting one. From you, what you said. Best player, except from you, in Burundi, in national team. It's not like anybody will know them, but I, I'm, <laughs> I'm guessing. From, I'm guessing from the guy that asked the question is Burundian. Um, ah, there's a few players, man. There's this young kid. He's probably on this chat. I miss you. Uh, there's Cedric, there's Fiston. They're all good, good actually, good, good young players. And I was so, I was so surprised how talented they were. Yeah, I really was so surprised. Mm. Yeah. Uh, do you speak Kurundi? Is that, I'm guessing that's a language. I, I yeah, is is our main language. I understand it, but I don't speak it fluently. Okay. So now what I'm going to do is mm-hmm. anyone that comes on here with the Dapscon chat, um, I make them go through and make their own five-a-side team. It was of any player ever, but that's too easy and too broad. So you're going to have to do a five-a-side of players you have played with. I've played with? You've played with. Create your five-a-side team. Because it was every, like, anyone, past and present, but people are just picking R9 and... (laughs) Like, it's, it's just ridiculous. So wait, wait. So let me get the rules right. Played with, as in, just club or international or you set or international, you set whatever. Ah, okay, that's pretty easy then. Um, I'll have in goal. I'll have Ben Foster in goal. Sorry, Matt. Ben Foster. Um, Is it true? Sorry, Ben Foster. During the week in um, like in training and everything, he looks like uh, whatever. I kind of not bother, but come match day. He's just unreal. So Ben Foster's in love with biking, cycling. Yeah, I've seen that. that. Like, seen he's that. in love with that. Um, he'll probably be the first to tell you, like, at home, I probably don't even watch football. Mm. Like, he tells you a lot when he didn't want to go to a World Cup. He'd rather spend with his family because he was third choice for international. Yeah. Remember that. Right. But, but in training, unbelievable top pro. Like, mm. nobody can say in training, he's like, oh, yeah, because keepers have to... He's so flexible. He's like doing madness. He's mad. He's a mad keeper. He's a really good keeper. And then in game days, he was just winning us games at times, just giving us yeah. three points out of nowhere. Yeah. Okay. So in goal, you've got Ben Foster. Yeah. Ben Foster in goal. Oh, wow. It's a five aside. Do I, I, do I have to be in here or not? I mean, if you feel like you're one of the best, then in fact, no, I don't put yourself there. No. Don't yeah. 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 So, so um, Ben Foster. Jesus. Yeah, I thought it was easy. Look at you. Yeah, I'm thinking defenders in it. <laughs> Might just get bowlers in there. Um, freaking out. Ben Foster. Uh, I put Olsen, Jonas Olsen, defender. People might laugh at that, but he's got the best passing ability I've seen from a defender with his left foot. Yeah. Then I love. Yusuf Mulumbu. Right, player. That's strong, bro. Yeah. I'll have to have an Elka in there. So, Ben Foster, Olsen, yeah. Mulumbu, an Elka, yeah. and one more. Um, there's some goals in it. Got the lanky defender at the back. I want to say... I don't want to say Sterling, but I don't think that's fair, man. Why, really why did not, how can you just drop that name like that? Why is it not fair? Because I, I don't want to say Harry Kane is Sterling because I didn't play with them at club level. That's not fair. And plus, we played under-21s. Listen, you've played with them. Anyway, <laughs> it's your team, isn't it? If it's my team, I'm, I'm clearing that Malumba and putting Sterling in. <laughs> <So, laughs> no, 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 no. I'm keeping them. And... And Shakiri. Oh, that's 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 a good one. 
Lukaku. So you got Ben Foster. Yeah. Um, you didn't play with Lukaku, did you? That was nah, after. Nah. Yeah, that was, yeah after. that was after. I didn't play with yeah. Lukaku. So um, Ben Foster, Olsen, yeah. Yeah. Manumbu, mm-hmm. um Shakiri, and Anelka. Yep. Yeah. Right. I'm happy with that. That's not bad. Not Are you bad sure you don't want to put? Yeah, I don't. I don't want to put. I don't want to look. I don't want to put a Harry Kane, Sterling, uh, Zaha, Chamberlain. Bloody! I played with them. <laughs> I played with all the best players, Jesse Lingard, right now. Like I played with all of them. Yeah. Oh, mate. Anyway, yeah, you don't want to put. You don't want to put Kane. He won't. He won't square it to you anyway. Um. So, next question. In fact, I'm going to do this because somebody. They've put so many questions in here, and I'm just going to make them happy. Yeah. One second. There you go. Who's that? Oh. Hi, Kalem. You okay? Hope you're <laughs> right, mate. <laughs> uh... Okay. And now, let's see if there's one more. Guys, get your questions in, because we've got, literally got about two minutes left. In fact, no. Let me, let me not even. Let me ask this last question. Yeah. So, um... Your your team now have had to put you on the transfer list mm-hmm. because of Corona, not because you're not doing well, not because of no, it. No. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's um, just because of Corona and and how things are. Yeah, um, I don't know, Fem. Hey, Feb, if I, you know, <laughs> <laughs> go on. Um, do you see yourself coming back to England now, or do you think you're gonna you're gonna um, look abroad, like some, elsewhere first? No, I really, I really want to come back to England. Um, mm. I've kind of made my mind up where I want to be. Hopefully, the opportunity comes, and I won't think twice about it. Yeah, I mean, I've sp- I've expressed myself where I would love to go back. So, if they're listening, West Brom. <laughs> if they're listening and Fem's there with the eyes, get to work, <laughs> man. Get to work. Get to work. Get, get to work. To work. I love that. Absolutely yeah. love that, man. But um, okay, so we got when just when the timer happens. So literally, we've got about two. I think I came on at like two minutes past. Um, noobs, I don't know what your question was. Um, just say yes or no if you want to answer this question. What happened between you and James Morrison? Uh, it was two passionate players, um, really pissed off that we drew a game that we should have won, mm. and I know. In the media, they kind of painted that it was my fault because I lost the ball on the other side of the pitch. Yeah. And they managed to clear it. Our defender headed it back to their, to their player. They went out wide, crossed it and scored. And it was my fault because I lost the ball. But yeah, we just, we were just passionate. We were just passionate. We were fighting relegation. We were winning 3-2. And they equalised last minute. And it was just... Yeah. But do you know what? There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, exactly. And, and those things happen all the time. Do you know what yeah, I mean? 100%. Unfortunately, you're Berahino these times, so it's it's probably gonna come, yeah. you know, be blown out, be blown out proportion. But um, yeah, no, there's nothing wrong with that at all. But Sado, thank you so much. Because we got a minute twenty. Thank yeah. you so much for doing this. You yeah. don't do this often, and I'm so happy that you finally come out and you and you've spoken, and people can actually see and you know, hear for themselves, you know, what you're actually like. So yep. I hope you've had fun, man. Nah, I did, man. Thank you very much for, for making me come on to this, man. I had really had some fun, man. I had some fun answering the questions. And I've seen some of the comments as well. People have been positive. So thank you guys for tuning in, like watching us and listening to us. Yeah. Um, hopefully we can do this again, man. I'm always here if you want me to, to jump on and, and do these interviews. I like these interviews. Yeah, man. No, yeah. 100%, man. So, guys, um, thank you so much for tuning in. Um, I'm sure you'll see who I've got next coming up in the next couple of days. Yeah. But, um, yeah, follow my actual podcast. So, if you want to hear more of this, this is going to go up on YouTube. Mm-hmm. It's Counter-Attack Pod. So, Counter-Attack okay. Podcast. And, um, yeah, just follow that, man. And, guys, until next time, say right. Thank you very thank much. Thank you. Thank you, bro. Yeah, thank you very much, man. Shout out Fem. Shout out Fem as well. Yes, man, Fem. Thanks for setting this up even though you my little brother Sean Sean that's the big enough every time <laughs> yes man Sean big up